my god, we are back again and fully prepared this time. This is Brandon, your host today. Thanks for joining us at Talk Good, where we talk good about not bad things that are also good. Isn't that the... Yeah, that's... Yeah. That's the thing. Right, yeah, that's that's that, how we do that's it. That's the thing we do, and we, we do it real, real good. <laughs> well, thank you for introducing yourself, Corey, with that. Uh, we also have Red on the podcast with us today, Mr. Co-host... Where's your uh, where's your juicy spliff at today, sir? Egos are good. Egos are good. <laughs> On today's podcast, we're gonna talk a little bit about the games we've been playing. Uh, maybe get into Red's fucking mind. We may never get out of it again, but we're gonna get in there at least. Uh, gonna talk about being gored to death on current events, and then <laughs> pop quiz. Guess what? Oh my God, we all came up with our own questions. So. God, it's just a bag full of shit for this show today. <laughs> You're going to have a great time. Welcome to Talk Good. get into it let's find out how uh how slow our lives really have been lately um yeah not a whole and lot that, and just the pocket that we get ourselves into games we've been playing music we've been listening to what about you Corey? what, what have you been up to um well <laughs> let me guess zelda holy fuck aside nope. from okay, going on to someone else aside from being nearly 80 hours into zelda with no end in sight um i've also been playing um a little bit of a little game called everything um okay we talked a yes. little bit about it last time um it's a little indie yeah, artsy not game um where you can <laughs> occupy and be anything and everything that populates this universe that you inhabit um it's it's really cool it's i didn't think i was gonna like it as much as uh, i mean it was 14.99 i figured you know i i'm gonna spend that going to like taco bell or something so I'm just gonna get this fucking game and see how it is, and it's like. Wait, it's, are you saying the game makes you shit yourself? Is that why you're <laughs> comparing it to Taco Bell? It's it's it is very relaxing. I mean, it's, <laughs> so I mean, playing it on the toilet, I, I imagine that it would just come right out of you. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just but, so relaxed. <laughs> All it, my muscles, especially my sphincter. But yeah, I mean, the game is like very strangely beautiful and. Um, somewhat profound it's uh very philosophical and it it's it gets very um i don't know it's just kind of moving i i really i'm really enjoying it it talks about like the act of being or what is being you know what is a thing what constitutes a thing that is that exists um it gets into like what is life what makes life and it gets into like philosophical questions like um suicide versus living it gets into like self like what is self um and yet it does all of this very elegantly without feeling uh like pretentious or patronizing to the player um which is very nice and then it's all like done over this backdrop of very ambient music and classical um orchestrated music and even like some sometimes um electronic 
music. Yeah, it's, I love the trailer for it. It's really cool, and like Red's Red's just looking at us both, going, "What? What the fuck?" I assume we, you're talking uh, about everything, so I'm just following. Yeah, we're it. just talking about everything. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I recommend it, guys, because it's it's super good. It's not a play with your friends kind of game. It's like a just sit there by yourself and enjoy this for maybe like a couple hours because it's it's really good. The tutorial, there's a tutorial in it where it kind of teaches you how to play. Um, which is a little slow and a little clunky, so you just gotta kind of like let it happen. But once you're out of that, um, it all makes sense why the tutorial's there. And there's like even a part in the tutorial where you kind of get stuck, and it doesn't really tell you what to do, and it's very frustrating. But I kind of powered through it. But the the frustration of that is intentional because you're kind of like in this negative space at this time where you're like trapped, and you eventually. <laughs> in this negative space find the game itself the game everything you find like you literally find a computer that's running the game everything and you communicate with the game and the game is aware that it's the game and you're playing the game and that you're just a player and it, i don't know it's it's weird it gets very like okay I yeah it. it's I, I i think i gotta get that <laughs> yeah it's that's... it's weird <clears throat> so we're was it closer to like the uh we talked a little bit I think it was actually when we were doing the NAC where we talked about the simulation theory. Um, kind of. everything is a simulation. Yeah, it kind of plays with that too. Um, there's a lot of dialogue between like all the other, the inanimate objects, the animals, the other creatures that you can, you know, play as. Um, it's actually pretty funny too. Like there's a lot of really funny dialogue in this game. Um, while it's also very like deep and, you know, philosophical, there's... You know, you'll be listening to the guy talk about something, like, extremely deep and philosophical, like, like whether or not to commit suicide. And then you're sitting there listening to this playing over this ambient music, and it's, like, very compelling. And then all of a sudden you see a fucking antelope just roll past you, like a fucking block. <laughs> and you're just like, what is this goddamn game? So, <laughs> but it, okay. it's really yeah, cool. my attention. It's that is cool. a star review right there. You have me <laughs> at <laughs> antelope. Yeah, you had me at block antelope. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's what All I've right. been doing. What have you guys been Any playing? Any new music or anything? Oh yeah, yeah. Actually, um, Perfume Genius just released a single, uh, Slip Away. Um, I'm super excited for this album coming out May 5th. Um, I love his work. Um, I recommend starting off, lis listen to a little bit of his first album, uh, his track called Hood. Then come into his most recent album. I can't remember the name of it, but it's his last album, which was even better than the first. And I'm so excited for this next album. So, Perfume Genius. Awesome. This week, I, I barely got to play any video games at all, but I was so entrenched in all of the the random uh, albums that dropped without any. So basically, just like mm -hmm. what would you call that? Just a cold drop yeah, of an album, yeah. like. Just there. So Drake, Drake released Boom. a 20 song, what he's calling a playlist, yeah. not even an album, but it's a fucking album. It's also the best one he's ever done. So it's hilarious he tried to not call it an album. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, because it beats all of your other CDs, dude. I've been Definitely less whiny and bitchy than he normally is. And yeah, it's really, really good. That came out and I've been listening to that every single day. Um, but also Kendrick Lamar dropped a single oh yeah out of I nowhere gotta, i gotta listen to that i gotta listen to that it, i haven't it's oh god it's so good it's so good it's just exactly what you expect from kendrick lamar it mm -hmm. just blends it just blurs lines between what what rap is to him mm -hmm. and um 
And then another band called North Lane, which I'm not sure you guys have ever heard of, mm-hmm. they dropped a uh, surprise album as well uh, called Mesmer. And everyone's ranting and raving about it. I haven't been able to get all the way through it. It has 11 songs. I listened to the, you know, the singles, basically, not mm-hmm. what everyone told me to listen to. So, yeah, we got a, I got a Drake album, a Kendrick single, and then a whole <laughs> North Lane album. And I'm just drowning in new music. Yeah. So, I'm so glad that you guys are on the precipice of what is starting to become popular, what is far-reaching and out there, and not just music, but video games. And I'm just like, well, going back to the well again. <laughs> I've been playing at least a 1,000 hours of Battlefield 1 a day, taking over Red's TV. Can't get enough of it. Uh, that's why he hasn't played any games this week, because I'm an asshole. <laughs> every, every once in a while, he realizes that um, that his uh, his pants have reached full capacity of shit, yeah. and that he has to put the controller down, and I'm there to grab it for yeah. about five minutes. Before <laughs> hey, I'm like, dude, what you doing? Oh, did you die again? Here, I'll take that back over for you. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> no, so I need to uh, curb that very soon. But uh, also... I'm, again, behind the times. Uh, new song that I'm listening to, that Red introduced me to, E-40, Choices, Nope, and Yep, at the same time. It's a great fucking song. That's one of, huh. probably gonna go down as probably one of my favorite rap songs ever now, because it, <laughs> throughout the whole song, there's just a chorus of, nope, yep. yep. <laughs> and so in between every little thing, he says something, and it's always like, you know, do, are, do you have a... Are you softer than a sock? Nope. nope. Are you solid as a rock? Yep. yep. Oh, geez. Yes. And then he just goes on from there. <laughs> so it's like a ghetto uh, nursery rhyme is what it sounds like. Yeah, pretty yes. much. Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah. It's what E-40 was, you know, meant to do. Uh, I believe this would be titled under Motherfucker Goose. <laughs> yeah, he is yeah. the Motherfucker Goose of our generation. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah, so, but, but yeah, there, good things there literally is there is so much like media to consume this early in the year. Like this is it's really hard to keep up with, <laughs> especially it then is. also keeping current on like news and our shit storm of a political situation, which I do not want to talk about. But <laughs> uh, no. it's just there's Let's, so much uh, going on. It's just crazy to keep up with. <clears throat> uh, yeah. No, I'm I'm just gonna stay in my own little world. Yeah. Now. And yeah, just my my bubble. Just World War One. Just World War One. That's that's my bubble <laughs> right now. Is ah, you deal with your bullshit healthcare whatnot. There's 19 different countries all fighting together. They don't know if they're against each other or for each other. They're all just gonna fight. When you so good. when you go out, like actually, like leave the house from from the World War, do you just say like, man, life is strange being back Whoa. after? Wow, <laughs> so crazy being back home. Who <laughs> knew <laughs> things have gotten so crazy since then? Yeah. We don't all have to crank our cars to start them, or I mean, wow, even our planes. You're able to sit inside of them. They have a cockpit. You don't have to jump out on the wing of the plane and perform some weird type of aerial stunt, huh? Things are crazy nowadays. I love getting your letters from the front line, Brandon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dearest Red, how I miss thee. They're Please so have poetic. the taquitos waiting by the door when I arrive. <laughs> Make them as warm as your heart. Sincerely yours. And it's just spattered in blood at the end. I didn't get to finally sign it or anything. Yeah, in fact, <laughs> the, the, guy, the guy who killed you actually brought the letters like, to me. I, He's like... I'm so sorry. He did not get to finish the letter. <laughs> he loved you in a way, but not the way. By the way, what are you doing later? 
Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> let's jump away from that. Uh, revolving bits. Yeah, revolving let's, bits. The let's revolving do door this. bits. So obviously, we have a lot of different revolving bits that we can get into. Topic of the week, uh, steamy steam reviews. Uh, but honestly. <laughs> There are a few good things today for what was Red thinking, so I want to definitely jump into that, and let's get the fuck into Red's mind and see if we can get out of there. Yes, so, yeah, so since this is the first time we're doing this on this podcast, could you just brief us a little bit on, on exactly, like, the pro- your, your thought, your process, Red, your, your artistic process. Okay. <laughs> so, when I get to a level of incoherence, a lot of the times, like, any night that we're all out having fun or something, and this is a good example because it was on um, St. Patrick's, Patrick's Day. Day. On St. Patrick's Day, the next day after one of these nights, I get to go through my notes, and I'll sometimes save my favorite quotes from that night before, and I get to look through them and go, like, what the fuck was going on? <laughs> and that's what, what the fuck was Red thinking? So I have a couple of these. One of my favorites, <laughs> which is just amazing to read the next day and can't believe that we are these people. <laughs> <laughs> so there was a conversation that was happening and I just started immediately typing it down as it was going on because Brandon was falling over crying from the person telling the story. <laughs> and this is where the so quote good. starts. He says, he was punching people in the ass on Main Street and I was distancing myself from him. But he was coming fiercely up the road. I'm a maniac. He's a maniac. Everything's fine. <laughs> I want that what? tattooed on me somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> That's like He's the... a maniac. I'm a maniac. <laughs> Everyone's fine. That's the best movie opening line ever. <laughs> <laughs> If that's not in the next Star Wars scroll, I'm giving up on the franchise after that. And someone as someone then asked him, "Who are you even talking about?" He's like, "It's my cousin. His his ass is made of shit and Kool-Aid." <laughs> what? So basically, like tell the background of that story just a little bit. All right, so we have a buddy in town, which we always think is our very very wild friend that could not possibly be more be more wild, but he has a cousin that is renowned in this county. Who's just gonna? His name's Buddy. He, yeah, <laughs> of course he is. Yeah. And he scares the living shit out of the person that we are scared of. Like he, every time I see them together, he has these wild eyes. Like, help me, help me. I'm like, no, you're crazy, and you get yourself into this shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. And then another th another quote oh. from that night was apparently something I said, and it was, "Can you imagine how it feels to put spirit gum on your taint?" <laughs> Wait, and could you guess what I was talking about? No, I, I have no fucking idea. <laughs> we were talking about the application of Merkins. Merkins? Wait, what's a what's Do a Merkin? I'm, Can I? Yes, please, please Brandon. Please. Oh, thank you, thank you for educate this, this young man. So, Corey, what a Merkin is? Is it is essentially a pubic toupee? Oh, okay. There, that's a thing. Yeah. That is definitely a thing. Why? Um, Why? I believe it's used for, uh, well, I mean, sometimes you feel like a nut, sometimes you don't. <laughs> so, I mean, in our modern culture, everyone's shaved and all this other stuff. But, I mean, in things like when you, how you view the 70s, how you view their men with their big, bushy mustaches. Mustaches, let's say mustaches. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and when they would go through things like chemotherapy and losing your hair and all this stuff, and they, you know, they give you wigs to mm -hmm. make you feel better, they would lose all their pubic hair. And a lot of men had, like, 
Some oh. men really love their mane of pubic hair, and, and they, they felt it very embarrassing to not have like it. like Burt Reynolds. And then we were trying to <laughs> talk about how would you go about, a, like, keeping it there? Like, it's not like a toupee that you apply every day. I'm like, and then I was like, could you imagine having to apply spirit gum to your taint? <laughs> So not just the top portion. They want the they want the whole kitten caboodle. The whole thing. Yeah, the whole the whole kitten like, hair boodle. Is it separate is pieces or is it like all one like it's like one lump of hair and it's just got a hole in the well, center for your a, taint to like go through. It's it's uh depends on the style that you're wanting. You know, uh handlebar I mean, mustache. Full on, <laughs> if you want a handlebar mustache for your dick, then uh, you know, you get one piece here, one piece there, and you just Strap on for the ride Jesus. if you want to. But, I mean, That's you can weird. have, like, the little hairy caterpillar and just slap that up against the taint, and you're going to have a great day. Yeah. It's a lot like a... Just imagine the scene in Face Off where they reapply a face. <laughs> just imagine that around a dick and ball. <laughs> just that whole scene where they're, like... Yes. Where they're, where they're, like, taking his face off with lasers, but it's just, like, a dick and balls with hair. <laughs> And applying it to the hairless dick and balls. <laughs> like, we have the technology. We have the money. <laughs> we can make him hairier. We can make him hairier. Oh, my God. That's that's a, a porn I would watch pubes off. It's just the, the porn <laughs> I want to take his pubes off. Off. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, okay, and so that's God. that's what was going on in my head last week. Thank so you. There you go. Thank yeah. you so much. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Do you have any more, sir? I do not. Okay. Well, we're gonna jump out of your brain. Thank God we were able to get out. Yeah. We're gonna jump into something uh, that I am a big fan of. It's a little bit different from the game news and everything like that, which is all about future games. Um, this one, digital drops. Let's talk about the first one. I want to get this out of the way because I feel like I'm going to be a terrible 90s kid on this one. Uh, Parappa the Rapper. Yeah. So um, I I think it's a new one or, or it's or it's just like a digital. It's like a remake, I think. Um, but yeah, that's coming out. PlayStation 4, Parappa. The, no, actually, it is a new one. It is a new one, if I remember right. Um, so yeah, uh, I don't have a lot Throw to say about that. Roll your gaming news. Come to us. <laughs> yeah. We do our research. I think it's, is it? I'm not even sure it's a game anymore. Talk. Is it a 20-year-old remake or is it a, it's a brand new one? Because I feel like we really do need another Parappa the Rappa game these days. <laughs> That's yeah. what we're missing. Uh, well, it, I, I don't know why we really need this. It's banking on that nostalgia again. You know, um, hopefully it's good. It's, it's, it'll probably be good. I mean, the first Parappa was good. Um, yeah, I don't have a whole lot to say about it. It's coming out on the 4th of April. Why did you, it, why did you write this down? Yeah, if you, um, because if you're a fan of Guitar Hero and you're playing guitar <laughs> and only, like, childish raps, nursery rhyme yeah. raps, like E-40, then yeah. you will love Parappa the Rapper. <laughs> yeah, if you want your childish rap, uh, given to you via a Kung Fu onion, <laughs> then you're gonna love Parappa the Rapper. Uh... Red, can you take it from here? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So it, when he brought up that we were going to do a Parappa the Rappa, I began to recite that entire rap from oh, The Onion. Oh, my God, yes. Because because most people really only played one level of that game because it was on the PlayStation demo disc that came with the console. Yeah. And, yep, so kick, I punch, remember that. it's all in the mind. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, that's so great. Yeah, I remember that demo. I'll disc. take that one line. Yeah, that's, that's, that's all, all you we need. need. That's all you need. <laughs> that is it. Um, also coming out same day, April fourth, is Persona Five. Um, this game has been out in Japan for quite a while now, but it was just getting all the tweaks and translation done for America. Uh, well, I mean, for everywhere else, really. Um, looks awesome. Looks great. It's very stylish. Um, it's going to be extremely Japanese. Um, no. I don't know if you guys have played any of the other Persona games. I played a little bit of Persona 4 Golden on the Vita. Um, I really liked it, but it was just really, really long, and I had a lot of other games to play, so I didn't really get to finish it. But it's just like a long story RPG. Um, you play as couple Japanese high school kids and you're imbued with these like almost almost demons that are like within you but they're they're your persona it's like it's kind of like a demon or a spirit um and you use them to battle and uh it looks really cool it's it's got like this weird like just a day in the life of a high schooler who's possessed by a demon <laughs> i don't know <laughs> Also, someone fucks something. Yeah, in it or vice versa. Yeah, right? yeah. You, it there's... wouldn't be a high school, a Japanese high school video game. Well, uh, there has to be a, some type of card battle. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and definitely a questionably young Japanese schoolgirl. Yeah, is getting naked at some point. Probably, probably. I mean, the the boob physics are probably like what took so long for this game to come out. I mean, you got to get those point. right. Um, took four years of development for that. <laughs> but it's yeah, a, it's a game about Japanese high schoolers. I, I wonder what the demographic could possibly be. <laughs> well, I'm I'm gonna play it. So I, mean, I guess I'm gonna, well, that's right. well, exactly I mean, what I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm gonna play with myself and play with it. So yeah. Um, but yeah, oh, okay. that's really all that's coming out. I was trying to look all over the place for games coming out here soon, but those are um, that's really it. I was checking on Xbox One. There's not a whole lot. Uh, same with PS4, really, not a whole lot. PC, nothing of note, so not a whole lot. We of... need a little bit of a games drought. Is no, that we bad do. To say, we really but... do. <laughs> we like... need to catch up a little bit. This yeah. whole beginning of the year, I'm like, where is all of my money? And just scratching my face. <laughs> like, oh, where... Yeah, I'm... I'm gonna have to start eating fucking game cases for nourishment. I mean, oh, okay. I've I've bought well, games that I've hardly even games. touched. Like, yep, and... that's what I mean. <sighs> it's just hard really hard to do. well it's How hard let's <laughs> let's try to think of the world as a more positive place here guys we're let's, talking good we're, we're talking good and yeah you know i think it it's better for us to not get involved in the things that we can't do but the things that we can so let's talk a little bit about world news <laughs> talk about some current events oh let's talk about some are, good stuff that are going on right now some good things uh so obviously we're all against animal cruelty here mm. but we're all Definitely for human cruelty. Well, yeah. Yes, if we it's all... if it's from an animal, right? An to animal, a human, it's like to a, very, a human. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Very animal farm esque. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So, here's a little little event that I found today that uh, I hope makes your buttholes cringe. Ooh. Here we go. Bullfighter gored so hard he needs his rectum reconstructed. Ooh. In parentheses, graphic video. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, basically, a, a Mexican bullfighter on live TV, uh, Mexico City's Plaza Mexico, uh, was filmed on Univision having 
a bull's horn shoved up his asshole. To put it in better perspective, the bull, a 1,160-pounder named Caporal, penetrated nearly a foot inside the cavity, Deadspin reported. A foot. A foot. Not not what a is... foot. No, but yeah, but... The a foot, uh, this is not the vajankle again. Yeah. A foot of horn in your ass. Like, the dude who got <laughs> fucked by a horse... Got nothing on this. Got nothing on this one. <laughs> no. At least that one was, like, controlled. It was soft. It was spongy. This just, just, fuck, uh, some a horn. A horn directly inside of you. And not place their... Like slowly as you no. go. No, uh, no, yeah, no. That was more, uh, that was violent. It had to. Have been. That was that was your buttholes as red as your cape at that point. It was it's on not, live TV. It was on live TV. It, but and wait. you know he was a bull rider on Univision. Can do you really feel that bad for him though? Do you really? Feel... I. I mean, I can't not feel bad for someone that. Like can't actually properly sit down because an animal has been inside of him, <laughs> okay, and not so even he, like a good part of the animal. So is he a bull rider or a bull fighter? Uh, he's definitely a bull rider now. I think uh, that's no, the no. difference between a top and a bottom. <laughs> oh, is that okay. what you're asking? <laughs> yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, he's definitely a bull. Oh, rider oh, fighter. Now. Is that is that what he was that you were saying at first? Like with the with the yeah, it's a bull yeah, fight. Thing. Yeah, yeah, matador. Yeah, yeah. matador. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, he's, uh, yeah, he's fucked. Well, not properly. Yeah. Not, not properly. Proper fucked. <laughs> <laughs> and how do you not see this and just, or hear about this and not just smile with karmic glee? Because <laughs> hey, that's, you know what happens in a bullfight, right? Like he's trying to just stab it the entire time and They have this it. on live you, TV Yeah, in this is Mexico. Yeah. God, they're so fucking hardcore over Mexico there. and Spain. Would you call that they're... a bullseye? Thank you guys so much for joining us today. Uh, this is Talk Good. Bull's brown eye. I'm so sorry. We've Don't lost go. Brandon. Brandon's Don't gone. Go, Brandon. Done. Please. Uh, no, I'm not coming back. I don't even want to hear what Corey's saying. No. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. No, don't be sorry for that at all. That was... I'm better than this, that and so is, are you. That is a punctuation. <laughs> that is on point. That is on point. Okay. And going away from the bull's brown eye here, why don't we, uh, why don't we ask ourselves some questions about ourselves? Mm -hmm. Or ask each other some questions. No. Okay. I like the way I said it. All right. So we're doing a pop quiz, but for each other, right? We right. each yeah. do one instead of Corey doing three. Yeah. yeah. Do, we get to, do we get to rate him? Mm. Oh, I'm definitely going to rate Corey. <laughs> oh, you're definitely. <laughs> He's going to lose. Uh, uh, no, why don't you go ahead first, Corey? You, uh, okay. you kind of had this idea. so Okay, well, this one's um, definitely getting away from anal punctures. Um, That's oh, always man. a good thing to get away from. Yeah, right? yeah. well, has, I, my question is, I was, having I was having trouble thinking of one, but with playing everything, I kind of in that, that genre, I suppose. Um, has there been a digital work of art, like a, a visual work of art that has ever like moved you guys in a, in a way that you, you maybe you're not even sure why it did, but it just kind of like, it compelled you to feel something, even though you weren't like sure what that feeling was. Like for me, 
that's kind of how everything has been. Uh, even more to that degree, it's been uh, the game Journey. Uh, that game, I, mm, I played it all mm -hmm. the way through in one sitting, and I got to the end, and I was, like, almost in tears because... for I don't even know why. I, I just, like... It just moved me on, like, a, a... I don't know, some level I was not aware it was doing. So, is there... What, what kind of, like, visual medium? Because, I mean, you could say, like, music... Yeah, like, there's a lot of music out there that has, like... You know, it's moving, it's compelling, and um, but uh, just like visually, like a video game or a a movie or something like that, I guess um, has. Can you think of anything besides besides having my heart <laughs> broken in Final Fantasy VII? Yeah, um, I I think probably one of the most impactful things I've ever had happen in a video game was playing Metal Gear Solid for the first time. Okay, the first one, the first time through, and there's just some choices that you have to make that you that end up actually impacting everything. But the first time through, you don't know that. And mm. having, like, you're actually being, at some point you're being tortured. And if you don't survive the torture, or I mean, if you end up giving up during the torture, they torture you too much, uh, the girl in the main character, the girl dies. But if you, la if you live through the torture, she lives at the end. So, mm. and that's something I didn't, and... And also the game is super, like, the, the score for the game was beautiful. Oh, yeah. And almost every time you killed, like, one of the bosses would always have a really deep backstory and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, when you kill Sniper Wolf, that character, she mm -hmm. has this whole thing where you're in the snow, like, holding her as she's dying. And she's explaining how she got to where she was. Mm -hmm. And that stuff has was something I had never really seen in video games before. It was so cinematic and so kind of heart-wrenching. Yeah. Um, so I think probably Metal Gear Solid was the first one that really, and something I could even remember, like thinking about it, I'm, mm -hmm. I can remember those visceral reactions and also seeing a lot of things that were so mature for a video game back then. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah I, so I would, I, I, would I, that. I like that answer. Hideo Kojima is fucking a madman yeah. genius. He is, he's What's brilliant. What's the new game? What's the new game? Oh yeah. Death Stranding. Death Stranding. Death mm. Stranding. Yeah. I can't oh, wait. God. I can't wait. I mean, it's probably going to be like 2019, 2020, but I can't wait. <laughs> it's uh, It took me a very long time to actually start playing this game because uh, <laughs> I was actually trying to think of something visual that hit me really hard. Mm -hmm. And usually most things like uh, the Holocaust or something like that are going to always hit me hard. Mm. But um, I'd say a video game would have been the very beginning of The Last of Us. Oh, oh God! Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That entire game. It took me a long time to actually sit down to play it, mm -hmm. and I played that very beginning intro, and you are the little girl, mm -hmm. and just right at the end, it, it's one of those things where you never expect it to happen, like a character in a TV show or a yeah. character in a movie to die. And spoilers for a what three-year-old game now? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no, that was that was tear your fucking heart out yeah yeah, yeah. oh no i, video game, I definitely was... almost cried yeah that. i'm like yeah. how did in 15 minutes of a game how did you make me care about this person exactly where i exactly it like hit me in the fucking chest i'm like uh yeah uh. and then and you then... have to and then this in the spirit of that they make you care about that person so quickly that little girl so quickly mm -hmm. that now you are that old man character yeah yeah you, are, you have to carry that yeah emotional pain with you for this fictional character that you are now playing as mm -hmm. and you carry that emotional pain with you throughout the entire game now and it's oh my god yeah that would probably be the one yeah 
I, the most intense for yeah, me. Yeah, those are those are both great. That that beginning of that game was was a ride. That was that was intense. <laughs> yeah. It was it was something. That's, that's the <clears throat> most gnarly tutorial I think I've ever played in my <laughs> life. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah, no, use this stick to go forward and use that, right? And then uh, use the RB button for an existential crisis as you hold <laughs> yes. your dying daughter in your arms. Yeah, seriously, though. And hit B to crouch and <laughs> Y to cover your hands with your eyes as you sob yeah. uncontrollably. Yeah. If you hold yeah. Y and B at the same time, you'll keep the watch she gave you before she died. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. All right. Well, that was my right. question. <laughs> I, I, and I was going to say, do you want to, do you think, do you want to play rock, use. paper, scissors and say yours is very, yours is good? Mine's great. So I'm yours just going to go great. with it. Okay. So okay. Power <laughs> I, I, okay. All right. All right. If there was a Futurama live action film and you were in charge of casting, what duo would you cast for the parts of Fry and Bender? And why is your answer Simon Pegg and Nick Frost? <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> oh my God. Well, now that you put that into my head, I'm, that's that's just the answer. Oh, <laughs> that's why I said, God. why is that your answer? Oh, because that God is the answer. It. That is the answer. That's There's such so a good buddy roles in movies. I can't even think of anyone else that would be close enough. And the great thing about that entire thing is they really could flip around. You could have Nick Frost be Fry and, ha and have Simon Pegg be like his asshole character from World's End be... Benders, because at oh first you think that it's going to be Simon Pegg as Fry, but that's how my brain just exploded from thinking of it. And oh yeah, <laughs> unless well, do you guys have another duo that would play those two uh, characters well? I, I, you know what? We had a weird question pertaining to um, what characters would you switch out in a movie last time, and I was like, I want uh, Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen to take over Simon Pegg and Nick Frost in Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, it's funny. Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> and, uh, the way that you were just saying it, I'm like, okay, well, then I want Patrick Stewart to play, uh, Professor Farnsworth. <laughs> yes, yes, that is. drama. <laughs> uh, but, uh, god damn it, I can't... You've, you've already put a better any... idea into our heads. <laughs> <laughs> you know, are we supposed to... How do we No, that's that? what... They're, I, mm. they, they would they would probably be the perfect duo for that I think. Uh, I. Fuck. Oh, who who would direct it then? Who, who would, would direct, direct it? them? Who would direct in that them? film? If I wanted an a, an excellent, amazing Futurama movie, I'd of course want Edgar Wright. Yeah. To do it. See, I don't I don't know um, very many director names. I just know like a lot. Uh, he did Shaun of the Dead. Oh, okay. Uh, Hot He's, Fuzz, yeah. World's End. He also did Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Oh, and, shit. Yeah. yeah, that would be great. That would be... Ant-Man. That would be great. Um, well, fuck, man. I can't think of... A, yeah, there's there's any, not a better answer. Anything else. <laughs> yeah, it, it's I, just like... <laughs> why isn't this movie being made? There's yeah, no question. Yeah. That would be the answer to that. Um, I, I would actually need time to research better actors to come up with a better <laughs> duo right now. Here's me frantically scrambling to IMDb. Then <laughs> <laughs> just type in the word actors. Actors. Yeah, right. <laughs> actors. Uh, all right. Well, God damn it, Red. Um... All right. That's going to bug me. I'm going to like randomly yeah. in one future episode be like, <laughs> just shout some <laughs> other actor's name. <laughs> Danny McBride. <laughs> oh, God yeah. damn That'd probably be, be the bender. only other good one I can think of for Bender. Fry is. Yeah, Danny McBride. Yeah, he'd be a good Bender. But yeah. Fry, who would, who would be 
try. Who gives off that Shit. good perception of innocent, stupid? Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen, yeah, is what came to my head. It Michael Sarah would be an interesting. Ooh, cry. Sarah, Michael Sarah. Yeah, but he's he's been so weird lately. I wouldn't want weird Michael Sarah. I would want. I want weird. I want a weird fry. <laughs> I don't. I don't I want, want like weird fucking fry. Like Crystal Fairy in that cactus movie, Michael Sarah. That's not the Michael Sarah I want. <laughs> No, I was thinking more of uh, he would be just to basically his Scott Pilgrim, okay. where he can still hit on a girl but make it really kind of awkward. Yeah, because that's what Fry does. Yeah, he hit, but he is an idiot the yeah. whole time. I'd like God that. Damn it, Red! That was a great question. What's your question, Brandon? My question? Well, it's definitely not that. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> what is a world problem that you think is easily flick fixable, and how would you solve it? So, for example, uh, the problems in the Middle East, overpopulation, starvation, not many people have clean drinking water, uh, uh, too many people think Australians are attractive. Uh, how would you solve these things? <laughs> how would you solve why people think Australians are attractive? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's kind of why I wanted to go second, because I'm like... This is a very heady. This is a very heady one. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna think about this one for a minute. Uh, um, go ahead. I definitely am a, a proponent for guaranteed income. I think that would solve a lot of problems in terms of I just, too. in terms of just, at least on a small basis. Like start it with like even just our country, our country doing it, or even just a state doing it, seeing how it works like that. But a lot of economists, a lot of the top economists are coming out saying that that the amount of things that small basic thing would fix though it would fix crime rates ridiculously ridiculously because of how many people no do things out of desperation anyone. yeah mm -hmm. uh, most things yeah well, i saw something from cnn the other day that kind of made me think about it and it's so weird to think about but they're like in the next 20 years well in the next 15 years up to 35 percent of jobs are at risk due to automation and i'm like what the fuck are you people expecting is gonna you, happen no, no yeah. they don't say um mindless jobs are going to be automated right you still need jobs for other things it'll be fixing the fucking machine probably but exactly but yeah i don't so that that's a problem yeah so when the, the rise of automation you're going to have all like because the amount of money that we have to allocate to things like uh, that—that huh? Medicare. Medicare. It be, not even Medicare. I'm, I'm talking about the, the way we try to fix the reason that we don't have basic income. The way we try to fix uh, what would you call it? Um, what's it called when you're excessively poor? Just poverty. Just poverty. It's in a, yes for poverty. I mean, it just—it seems like such a basic easy answer to a lot of things instead of us trying to give people food stamps and mm -hmm. do all these go around the whole problem if you just inject it with that solution you you get rid of a lot of legislation yeah i mean you of course you're creating new legislation but you're getting rid of all these stupid little things that we're going around and trying to stop because the biggest problem with poverty and stuff like that is crime crime yeah. and also no one wants to see a kid starve to death yeah. we uh, and we see it around the world, and I just don't understand why a first world country like ours can't set a standard that for doing this. That would probably be mine. Like, I still can't. And don't get me wrong, this is, this is definitely a Doug Stanhope bit. Like, mm -hmm. he has brought this up before, but it's made me really think about it. And he goes, he, I, he doesn't understand how people are starving yeah. all over the world. 
He's like, just just take the food where people don't have it and, and give it to them. Like, yeah. that one's pretty easily solvable. Yeah. But that's always made me think, I'm like, how, how, how do we continue to have that problem? That seems very odd. It's just a weird transportation it's, it's issue. It's something that I mm -hmm. think in 100 years we'll look back and think it's almost violent that we did it. The fact that we didn't just, like, the fact that we have, that grocers stock 35% more food because it looks nicer and then throw it away instead of give it away. Yeah. I mean, not all grocers do that. Some people do, of course, give away the food that doesn't sell, mm -hmm. but most do not. Yeah. So that is almost a violent thing to do. You are essentially letting people die mm -hmm. because youth. And it's, it, so you'll never have someone that is in poverty think this is a bad idea, by the way. You will right. only have money-grubbing motherfuckers. Mm -hmm. I'm talking to you, you Republican conservative cocksuckers. Yeah. Okay, well then, there we go. What's a world problem? We'll just kill all the rich people. That seems pretty <laughs> No, no, no. No, yeah. no eat I, that's the rich. That, eat the eat rich. Eat the rich. Yes. Eat the rich. Everyone who's, everyone who's in poverty right now who has access to this podcast, which I'm going to say is most of our... Uh, most of our demographic we reach out to the poor and the impoverished uh that's what we do here um just go and find the richest person that you know and, and kill them and eat them and eat them yeah. Well, yeah how about you what, how are you gonna how, how would you uh world problem are you a gonna more, solve and how maybe a little more boring um well i was just thinking not it's not really world problem solving it's more like a little bit of a problem solving not even really a problem but uh, i was thinking like transportation um, building and maintaining like, like train systems and those sort of transportations. Like I just listened to a really, I wrote an article like two or three years back based on another article that I read on, uh, Elon Musk's hyperloop idea. And then just recently I listened to a podcast, um, where they talked a little bit more extensively on the hyperloop and gave a little bit of an update onto as if that thing's ever going to happen. For those of you who don't know what the Hyperloop is, Elon Musk, uh, founder of PayPal, uh, Tesla, SpaceX, he um, created this idea and he open sourced it for anybody to pick up the idea and use it if you, if you want to. But basically you use, it's like a train that will move at like fucking ridiculous speeds it'll go from like zero yeah, to 300 it's a maglev train yeah it'll go from like zero to 300 in the matter of seconds but and it's like an enclosed it's an enclosed it's, system yeah, so it's, it's not like a bullet tube. train yeah it's a vacuum tube yeah, like it's the, a, yeah, yeah. It's so there's no tube. friction exactly it's basically like the train is floating like just inches above its above the track on just air and you're just being hurled through space at incredible speeds um but I think that's a really cool idea that would, you know, it's less expensive to build, you know, according to his plans. And according to, like, what some economists and researchers are saying, it would be less expensive to build and maintain than our current structure of, like, roads, roads and, yeah, and other things. Um, and it would just be more efficient for, like, short distance travel or, you know, I say short, but short in quotes, anything less than like 900 miles, I believe they were saying. So like going from San Francisco to LA or going from like uh, Atlanta to somewhere else over there. Washington, DC. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> whatever's on the East Coast, it doesn't matter. It's over here now. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, here's the here's my biggest issue with that is it totally intersects with my idea 
and that is I want poor people to kill all the rich people and eat them, but that means no one's going to be available to get onto the Hyperloop because everybody has to be very rich in order to get onto those things at first. At first. No, no. Because obviously... No, no, he's no, talking about public giving transportation. It away. No, he's talking about giving it, it away. Yeah, they. According to Elon Musk, he was saying that um, to break even, just based on how many people travel, like, for this is just using the example of San Francisco to L.A. So to break even on that, like building it and maintaining it, uh, they would just charge twenty dollars a ticket, and they would make back all of their money. So if they wanted to make more money, you charge fifty dollars a ticket, you charge a hundred dollars a ticket. And that's pretty affordable for just, you know, San Francisco to L.A. And then you're there super quick. So, I mean, who knows? How much does gas cost when you're driving from L.A.? Like, it's, yeah, so. And what's funny is that this is kind of a, as long as we, you know, keep moving on this track and nothing crazy fucking happens, this will be an inevitable thing. This is something that they've been talking about for a long time. Maglev technology, because the great thing about magnets and stuff like that is... The train isn't touching anything, mm-hmm. which means that it doesn't break down mm-hmm. the way that cars do. When car you need constant oil changes, you need new tires, you need all these different things because yeah. you're and then you're breaking up the roadway. And there's a big thing that we know about the found this country right now is that our road like our infrastructure, our infrastructure, infrastructure our infrastructure is awful. Is yeah. awful, and it's. Um, I just hope we hop on board with it before. I just hope we don't rail Elon Musk to the point where he just leaves America and does this elsewhere. Yeah. Like, cause yeah, I'd imagine other countries are just sitting there waiting for him to be like, God, I hope they fucking blackball him so we can get that maglev train first. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he, he open source everything, like all of the, the properties for this idea. So, I mean, anybody can pick it up and do it. Uh, and that also makes me wonder like, why did he open source it? He's got everything else he does pretty, pretty locked up you know so it's like nope there's there's nope. a couple other things that well he's open. yeah Tesla. yeah there's a couple other things he does but i mean like sp- his spacex stuff it's that's pretty under lock and key and um that's i think that's more of um when you're talking about uh, spacex you're actually talking about uh what do you call it a uh, uh national defense when you're that's yeah, actually part of the reason that he has that, under lock and key because that's a good being point. able to launch a rocket and land it is valuable to a lot of countries yeah um I, so that's why i'd imagine he hasn't doesn't have that one open source okay, that's a good point i could see that actually um but he's open source tesla motors like you could if you want to if any company wants to go and build an electric car which a lot of them are about to start doing i don't think it's the actual car it's the battery portion. it's right? the battery and yeah. the charging port which is awesome mm-hmm. fucking awesome because the one of the biggest reasons that he did that is Literally every single car company that's out there right now, the, the at least the mainstream versions, all have the same charger. So, uh, like the Toyota Prius and uh, mm-hmm. the Nissan Leaf, and um, when I worked at Audi, the e-tron, mm-hmm. um, they all had the same plug. And Tesla's is the only one that's really, um, that's it. That's yeah, it's, it. It's Tesla. just different. Like they, you can't. This is the iPhone plug of, in it of cars. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so he can't go and plug in anywhere that there is a typical charger at. You have to go to a Tesla station mm. now. So that's why he open sourced that. But it's a good thing, too, that he does those things so that more and more people can grasp onto it, not just how it used to be before where rich people would go and buy a product, and then over time as the product gets more, like the actual materials needed to make those products 
get cheaper and cheaper and cheaper as people buy them. Rich people give the initial investment towards it and your material gets cheaper and cheaper. That's how we're able to have things now like really nice smartphones. Mm -hmm. You know, people still get to drive around in automated cars that we can't afford. Well, and also China. That's, you know, that's how we have our our phones for China. China. Yeah, talk... Well, China. I mean, you know what? You can't have a great society without a little bit of slavery. <laughs> Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just uh, That's why we do it here. And we're going to tackle slavery so, next time. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be the whole podcast next time. Uh, so, okay, well, we didn't really uh, uh, fix anything. Uh, we, I think we got transportation down. Just kill the rich and eat them. We were right? playfully what it boils uh, skeptical. Down to? And yeah, no, yeah, we didn't. we didn't solve anything. We 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 okay, basically good. promoted mass murder and cannibalism. <laughs> that's essentially what we just did. No, no, no. That's if you don't give them money. Right. Yeah. So you give them money, or we'll eat you. <laughs> right. Okay. So I'm um, okay. Good. All right. Moving on. Uh, Corey, you want to get into some game news? Game news. For us here, you had quite a bit to go through. Yeah. Um, it's not all too long though. So I'm. Um, Basically, Splatoon 2 had a global preview event this weekend. It was pretty fun. It was just a couple different hour-long sessions of Splatoon 2 for free if you have a Nintendo Switch. And I honestly wish it was just literally you were playing as the guy who was presenting it at the Nintendo <laughs> launch, yeah. at the Nintendo Switch release. I wish you were just playing as that guy playing that game <laughs> the entire time. Like, it came with a lab coat and yeah. just very Japanese. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, well, not much to say about it. It was Splatoon 2. It was a little different. It was a lot the same. And um, <laughs> I still suck at it. So it'll it'll be it'll be fun. And you're just a squid shooting stuff. I'm just right. A, yeah, just that's, a squid kid. Just inking up the world all around with with these guns. So anyways, uh, next up in news, we also got um uh, a, a story I saw from Polygon, which was pretty interesting. Um, so experts are to meet with the federal government about a need for VR ethics and research. VR ethics and research. Yeah. Um, so the main idea of the article is being that um, instead of leaving the market to dictate whether or not like the use of VR is you know going to be a thing we have to address at some point, um, because like that's that's how most like technology comes and goes you just let the market dictate you know if it's going to be around and what to do with it at that point um but vr is like it's it's different because it's it's with your brain um and just it's it's playing with your brain and the brains of people and um so this uh this guy todd richmond who heads up the university of southern california's mixed reality lab is basically heading this and he's being very vocal about this now because he's saying like not many people have VR. Uh it's less than 1% of you know people of uh what is it the of market saturation or something like that. Less less than 1% basically have VR or even have experienced VR. So he wants to address it now because essentially VR for the most part sucks right now but in 10 years it's not going to. And he's basically saying, like, we need more research into long-term effects of VR on the human brain and the body. And um, I kind of agree. It's kind of kind of a neat idea, like, VR ethics. Uh, there's, like, one quote that yeah, he... Yeah, what a hell of a law degree 
to get into. Yeah. I study the ethics of virtual reality. Yes, we do live in the future. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I, it's very weird. I can't wait to hear more of it because it's kind of just, the story was kind of just general, um, just letting you know what's going on, and then we're probably going to hear more about it here soon. But um, basically, he he one of the quotes he said was, uh, let's at least, quote, let's at least acknowledge that there could be issues. Let's do some of the work to figure out what the unintended consequences might be. VR developers wield a lot of power. You are literally putting someone's brain in your hands, end quote. So, I agree with that. Like, there are some people with pushback saying, like, well, it's technology, let the market dictate it, but there probably uh, sh there no. should be more research into it. There should be. We're definitely getting to the point now where we should just, you know, occasionally question our technological progress. Yeah. Even, especially <laughs> when it intercedes with our capability to understand what is even going on yeah. around us. Like, obviously, as you're playing a video game, mm -hmm. it's completely different because you're still aware that there is a screen in front of you. You're still aware of all these other things. Not saying that people are dumb mm -hmm. when they put on a VR headset and they're like, none of this is real. Yeah. <laughs> no, but... It is real, though. Another point he brings yeah. up is, like, with children. Like, as it is with VR, like, all VR manufacturers, they don't recommend... I think the youngest age I've seen was, like, 12 where they're saying, like, children under the age of 12 should not be using VR. And for good reason, because when you're that age and younger, like, even just watching TV at, at a very young age as a child is hindering to a point for your brain and its development. It 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 tweaks with your development a little bit. Um, But, let's see. Well, it's anything that gets involved with, like, dopamine receptors. Yeah. You don't really... Like, obviously, kids want to be happy and that, you know, as we've found out more and more about dopamine releasing based on the different things that we do, this one's going to be a little bit different because it's derived specifically through uh, you interacting with an environment mm -hmm. that is totally encompassing of what you're looking at at the time and what you're being able to interact with. Yeah. Not necessarily how you're feeling... But what is it that uh, it, it gives you just the perception of reality by viewing it kind of thing? I'm not even high right now, and I'm glad we're having this conversation. <laughs> I can't think of the term you're looking for. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I get this guy's point, though, because we do need more research into this. We don't know how it's going to affect us, like, on a physiological level, you know, in mental level. So exactly. And also, this is also the first, like whenever you talk about VR, all of these th things come up. Mm -hmm. You immediately just start talking about the ethics of the whole thing, mm -hmm. about whether or not this will cause PTSD if you just live in a horror game all goddamn fucking, like you play Resident Evil for a full month. Does it affect you in any way? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Does it like, and then how, and then after that, other people are more resilient to some things. Mm -hmm. Some people go to war and come back and they're fine. So it should be interesting to see how they're going to go about doing these tests and also like again like ages and stuff are they going to have to put a restriction put a restriction on it and yeah. then and then also it gets into all kinds of other crazy shit like it gets into the level because when you talk about this stuff you have to talk about porn mm. so what happens when it gets to a level of realism that it's it's not like the level of fantasy can get a little 
we're, scary or blurred. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, we're we're like reality and fantasy. Just the line kind of blurs a bit. Yeah, I I don't know, and I I, I do agree with this guy's point, and he's getting a couple other researchers um from the states um, meeting up with the federal government to discuss this. So it'll be interesting to follow up on this article um in the coming months and years just to see what happens because we definitely do need more research into it because like as of right now we we just don't know <laughs> a whole lot and then we're strapping these things onto our heads and like yeah i'm in a yeah, fake office I, I'm, yeah i can do office work <laughs> on my office thing yeah this is yeah. virtual reality baby doing it yeah doing it right <laughs> exactly so we just don't know um but yeah we'll come back to that at another point i'm sure we will um Another another uh, piece of news coming up here is uh, the Pokemon company is hiring, um, and based on their ads, I guess for it, if you want to call them ads, their their postings um, seems like it's for an entirely new game and not just uh, the rumored port of the Pokemon Sun and Moon to the Switch, which is going to be happening. But it's looking like it's going to be based on like a new game for the Switch itself. Which is exciting. I'm pretty excited. I was thinking about getting Pokemon Sun and Moon already, just because um, my girlfriend has uh, 3DS, but then I didn't because I realized I'm a I'm a grown fucking man, <laughs> and I'm not gonna. I'm a grown fucking man. I'm gonna do that shit myself. <laughs> Goddamn. Uh, but since it's coming to Switch now, and they're probably working on a Pokemon for the Switch, I'm like, well, maybe it'll be an open world Pokemon. Will it, will it? I was about to say, I bet it's going to be that, I bet I bet you anything, because the Switch you're able to take with you, yeah. and like, I bet they're going to try to try to do the Pokemon Go Oh my right god, way. yes. But the problem is that the best thing about Pokemon Go is that everyone has a smartphone, yeah. as yeah. opposed to not everyone has a Switch. Yeah. This could be one of those things that gets people to buy a fucking Switch. Yeah, well, and if, if that is going to be it, uh, Nintendo definitely needs to step up their production of the Switch, because it's damn near impossible to find one right now, um, which I guess they are. Um, doing but anyways i also i also think we're very long overdue for just an open rpg adventure of the game like mm -hmm. you know at the level of zelda that yeah. you're playing mm -hmm. why is it not like that should have always been the goal for a pokemon game not yeah. just rehashed fucking game boy games yeah and and quite frankly i'm okay with even like a fraction of the size of what this zelda game is for a pokemon game just give me an open <laughs> world with pokemon and i'm okay with it like that's that's great um or, yeah, and I was talking with Scott the other day, uh, um, like, if a Pokemon game, like, gave you an option to, like, choose a class base or something like that, how great would that be? Like, or you could, like, you could, like, join Red, uh, uh, what, what, what's the, the Team Rocket and, or something like uh, that, you yeah. know? <laughs> like, you could join other yeah. factions, that'd be so great, like, in Skyrim or something like that, but anyways, that's another story for another day. Um... Another news is Nintendo Switch third-party games are more expensive than other consoles. Apparently. What? Yeah. Um, really? For some reason, um, some games that are coming out that aren't from Nintendo themselves are showing up to be more expensive. For example, Minecraft Story Mode, which came out like a year ago, is retailing for Nintendo Switch at $39.99, which is $10 more than anywhere else. Um, huh. I think that they're using the excuse that it's due to the higher cost of cartridges versus disc. Um, okay. But then they're retaining that same price purchasing it digitally as well. So it's like, why? 
nobody really understands why they're doing that. Um, it's just all speculation right now. And even Nintendo has said that, you know, developers and, and this is kind of a shitty thing to say, but Nintendo has said developers will be able to set their own prices. They could they could sell it for how much they want. I mean, of course, Nintendo will say that because they're going to get a cut. They're still going to have a certain percentage. So you're like, well, they could sell it for whatever they want as long as we get our money. But I don't know. It's it's weird. That's a shitty thing to do. Yeah. Like, so I mean, it sucks because I mean we're, we're all getting like I mean not not all of us. I know Red's Red's got a bone to pick with Nintendo, but um, but we're all getting so excited about like all this third party support for the Switch, and it's looking like it's going to be a great indie machine. But then your indies are going to cost more money, maybe. Like, and my and my argument with this whole thing is that when you release a game that's on cross platforms and the Switch gets it and it's more expensive mm -hmm. when it's probably an inferior product to the other ones. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying Nintendo Switch isn't as powerful as yeah. an Xbox or a PlayStation, but a Switch is not as powerful as an Xbox <laughs> or a PlayStation. So, so you are now selling a shittier game for a higher price point mm -hmm. and I don't know how people aren't just even, how children aren't riding in the streets. Who plays these fucking yeah. games? Yeah. Well, even if it was in the exact same game, like no downgrades or anything, that's still upsetting. Cuz it's like I can yeah, I can save 10 weird. bucks and just get it on my PlayStation and get the same exact experience. I just can't take it with me. Oh well. You know, come on. <laughs> so, and last piece of news. Yeah. StarCraft is getting a remaster coming this summer. Um I'm excited. Did you guys ever play StarCraft? This is why yeah. the South Korean Prime Minister stepped down. <laughs> it's because of this? <laughs> because they're remastering StarCraft. She's like, I don't so know, I'm this is going to throw my entire country's economy in the whirlwind. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, no. Well, she had to quit so she could go back to playing of, StarCraft. Yeah, no, that was it. That of was exactly course. it. <laughs> no, but it looks cool. Um, It's a little bit graphically enhanced. It's just going to sharpen it up, uh, sharpen up its gameplay. It's going to modernize its online uh, gaming structure. So... I'm excited. It looks cool. Um, I'm excited to get back online and play StarCraft and just constantly lose against Koreans all over again. Just like <laughs> just like junior high. All right. And that's it. Now that's some nostalgia right there. <laughs> yeah. This is this is for the inevitability when North Korea comes over here and just tries to destroy us with its five million man strong army. <laughs> we'll be too busy in VR we'll porn. Too, yeah. We don't care. Yeah. VR porn. Take it all. Guys, <laughs> I've been losing for you for a decade. I just okay, I played StarCraft. I just before. imagine Kim Jong Un. He 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 tells his troops what to do, like as if he was playing StarCraft itself, like on <laughs> like as an RTS. Click like double double click right here. Yeah, double click right here. Yeah. Oh my God. All right. That was it for news. That's your game news. Last week's news tomorrow. And and. Uh, but it's like a couple days away. Yeah, it's uh, a few days away. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Except last unless you're listening news to this. In a couple days, but now. Yeah. Right now. This is what you're hearing now, but it was done a couple days ago. But it's that's the tagline for the show. <laughs> Time is a circle. According <laughs> <to> <laughs> <laughs> Time is an illusion, especially the time that you listen to this show. Uh so we're gonna hop over to the book nook real quick. Just getting ready to wrap up the show. Um, so we did get to go and see Doug Stanhope this past Friday. It was fucking amazing. Nice. So good. Literally, guy's been doing it for 26 years. Literally everything he says is hilarious. It's amazing. Uh, it's so funny to actually, just as you're presenting yourself, you're structuring it as a joke. <laughs> that was amazing to watch. Yeah, there was almost no extra words in anything. Yeah. Even when he was just, even when he was just riffing, 
there was almost no extra. Like, he just like, thinks just in jokes now. Cuts out, <laughs> cuts out the fat immediately, and it's all good. And it was an amazing show because if you guys get the opportunity, anyone that listens to this, to go see Doug Stanhope, how he's doing it right now is he has Brett Erickson and Morgan Murphy on, and typically. Everyone knows, I assume everyone knows how kind of a typical headliner show works. You have two openers and then you have your headliner. Well, how this worked out is Stanhope comes on and he does 10 minutes and then, and they're both headliners that he brought with him. So Brett and Morgan Murphy, Brett does 20 minutes, Doug comes back out, does another 20 minutes. Morgan Murphy comes on, does 20 minutes, and then Doug ends the show like half hour, 40 minutes. And so it's just constant, constant hilarity. <laughs> uh, he told us uh, the uh, bathroom ended up breaking down, and we all went outside to go pee. Uh, thanks to him, he, he was able to release our bladders confidently that night. And uh, yeah, it was a fucking crazy Wait, 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 what? Situation. He had you walk out to go pee? He said that, okay, so he went outside to go pee, and then he talked to the owner of the establishment because they had realized that the, the bathrooms had backed up and no one could use the bathrooms. Mm-hmm. So the owner was like, you know the best thing about living out here or owning a place out here? There's nowhere else. <laughs> like, so there's tons of trees and foliage. He's just like, go wherever. <laughs> so okay, that was, uh, that was our eventful night. So afterwards, I was thinking about the book nook, and I didn't know if I wanted to do Doug Stanhope's book. Uh, so I was looking at Red's beautiful bookcase and saw one of my favorite books that I used to read as a kid. I used to read Napalm and Silly Putty all the time until the fucking pages fell out of it. But George Carlin's other book, uh, When Will Jesus Bring the Pork Chops, uh, is another classic one. So I just want to read a few excerpts from that. Basically, he has three different books, uh, Napalm and Silly Putty, Brain Droppings, and this one, and then he has a autobiography. Uh, but he just writes fluidly. He's all over the place throughout the book. There's no cohesive structure, really. He'll just randomly stop at a point and go, okay, here's what I think about this. Here's the shit I made up about this. Whatever. And it's mm-hmm. all always very good. So I, uh, I'll just read a few excerpts from that. And here we go. This is an excerpt called In the Future, where he makes future predictions. The human lifespan will be extended to 200 years, but the last 150 will be spent in unremitting pain and sadness. Children will be required to attend Sunday school, sorry, to attend school only when something comes up in conversation they do not understand. (laughs) All All people will speak the same language, but no one will speak it well. Uh... All farming will cease and the land will be used for loitering. (laughs) <laughs> a race of people living in the center of the earth will be discovered when one of them comes out to buy a sun lamp a team of astronauts will attempt to harness a comet and never be seen again a time machine will be built but no one will have time to use it i like that uh, one. man will learn man will learn to control the weather with a large hammer <laughs> That's basically the movie Geostorm. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. That's, that's our plug for yes. Geostorm. <laughs> Thanks, Gerard Butler. Uh, you're in a terrible movie. People will be born with just enough money to last until they get seriously ill. Uh, every part of the human body will become replaceable, but all parts will be backordered six months. Hmm. A utopian society ruled by women will emerge, and there will be peace and plenty for all. However, many men will still act like macho assholes. 
<laughs> Cities will be built under huge glass domes, which in time will be completely covered by graffiti. <laughs> Uh, genetic scientists will develop vegetables too big to be transported, and they will have to be eaten right at the farm. <laughs> <laughs> farm to fork right there. Yeah. Bring your own fork. <laughs> uh, there will be no doctors or medicines of any kind, and everyone will be really sick. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good future prediction. He, he talks good back then. Uh, yeah. Eventually, it will, it will no longer be necessary to forecast the future because time will disappear and everything will happen at once. All right. There we go. And then uh, one last one here. He does just random little tidbits. It's called Bits and Pieces. Uh, uh, let's see. Remember, kids, Mr. Policeman is your friend. Always cooperate with him. Mr. Policeman wants to help you, so you must help Mr. Policeman. Don't forget, if you refuse to cooperate, Mr. Policeman will beat you to death, <laughs> especially if you're not white. Uh, Remember, see. kids. Jesus. <laughs> this is our PSA section. Yeah. <laughs> this is the PSA. Next time you're in an elevator, blow your nose real loud into your bare hands and then ask if anyone has a Kleenex. <laughs> or blow your nose into a Kleenex, open it up, and stare at the stuff and say, Wow, look at this. It's all green and yellow. Then show it to other people. I guarantee you won't pass many floors before you have the elevator all to yourself. <laughs> okay. I like this one. <laughs> I've never seen a homeless guy with a bottle of Gatorade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's just a great observation. I just... Yeah, that is. I've never seen that. Huh. I've noticed, I've noticed that a Jew will sometimes use a, paper, a little paper clip to hold on his yarmulke. Shouldn't that be God's responsibility? I mean, you did your part. You put the thing on. Shouldn't it be God's job to keep it there? Or why don't Jews just wear larger yarmulkes that grip the head better? Maybe with, maybe with an elastic strap that could go under the chin. By the way, I knew a hip-hop Jew who wears his yarmulke backwards. It's hard to detect, but I think it looks great. <laughs> I, I, I like this uh. one. Suppose you tried to fuck a woman who had ten personalities, and nine of them said okay, but one of them resisted and tried to fight you off. Would that still be rape? Uh, I'm gonna leave that alone. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna... only Dave Chappelle is allowed. To, only Dave Chappelle is allowed to talk about this anymore. <laughs> I have no regrets in life, although I am kind of sorry I never got to beat a man to death while wearing a tuxedo. When people use the phrase call it quits, why do they use the plural? It would make more sense to say I'm going to call it quit. Let's see. This is going well, by the way. This is. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Oh, oh, I love this. True fact. In 1733, the Russian army had a treatment for soldiers who suffered severe homesickness. At the first sign of the condition, they buried the soldier alive. <laughs> That's good. I like people who go right to the heart of the problem. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Life is simple. Your happiness will be based completely on luck and genetics. Everything comes down to luck and genetics. And when you think about it, even your genetics is luck. Uh, let's see. 
If I had been in charge of reorganizing the government security agencies into a homeland defense organization, I would have divided the responsibilities into two agencies. The Bureau of What the Fuck Was That and the Department of What the Fuck Are We Gonna Do Now. <laughs> there we go. All, All right. right. All right. That was good. Classic Carlin. Yeah. Classic Carlin. All right, guys. So, last thing before we get out of here. <clears throat> Rec room. Yup. Let's do it. What are we recommending today? Uh, I recommend that you guys, uh, if you can fucking find it anywhere, uh, Morgan Murphy has a really, really good stand-up special called Irish Goodbye. And Morgan, if you are listening to this, uh, I'm sorry we missed each other at the show. Uh, <laughs> you seem really interested in me, probably me more than you. Uh, we didn't really talk that much. I just stared at you a lot. I was kind of drunk. So, uh, again, you know, if you're listening to this, give me another shot. She's got a good stand-up on Netflix. I don't remember what that one was she called. She did. She did. That was Irish Goodbye. Was that one it? It's not on there anymore. It's not on there anymore. Oh, you can't find it anywhere. That was a good one. Can't even find it on iTunes, apparently. Yeah. So I, don't, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I, uh, my recommendation is a book called We Learn Nothing. They're essays by Tim Kreider. Uh, he just explains certain things about his life in these essay formats and stuff, and it begins with him telling the story of him getting um, stabbed in the stabbed and almost dying, but didn't. But he didn't die. So it's that weird existential thing of seeing your life flash before your eyes, and then having to go on with your life and think about that situation. So Judd Apatow on, um, wrote an excerpt for it and said, uh, "Heartbreaking, brutal, and hilarious." And I, I don't think I've. I have it on audiobook, and I'm pretty sure it's Tim Kreider reading it. I don't think I've listened to another audiobook more than this audiobook. But mm-hmm. I have nothing to do. I just throw this on and let it go because the way he explains certain stories are just amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's all autobiographical and talks about like losing a friend to someone becoming too obsessed with something like peak oil. And uh, yeah, just a really good book. Wow. That's okay. called uh, We Learn Nothing. Cool. Corey. Um. I know we kind of already talked about it, but uh, I recommend that Dave Chappelle special. That was really fucking yeah. good. That was so good. You know, a lot of people were very upset by it, and uh, not a lot. I mean, fuck, it's the goddamn internet. Yeah. Somebody's always mad, and that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Mike, Bur- How about this? I'll also recommend going watching Mike Birbiglia's special. Yes. More than anything else. Oh. Because he actually explains it. Because he has a bit in there where his mom asks him, she's like, can't you write a joke that's just not offensive? And he goes, no, <laughs> I can't. Because every joke is offensive to someone. Mm-hmm. And w- watching the Dave Chappelle special with that mindset, it's it's supposed to be offensive. Mm-hmm. You're not supposed to take so many goddamn things so fucking seriously where it's like, no, can't do that. No. Everything else, yes. This one, no. Yeah. Has to be everything. So... Always, yeah. Well, Phil from YouTube always side with the comedian. Yeah, every time. Why? Um, except for Michael Richardson, I can't get behind that one. <laughs> Kramer from Seinfeld, I can't do that. Can't get hey, behind that. One. Again, that it's in, not illegal to not be funny. It's, that was in just bad you're taste. You're not funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The market will dictate that he doesn't do well. That's just <laughs> yeah. how it goes. And I had to explain who that was. So, all right, good. Uh, but yeah, no, I, yeah, Dave, Dave Chappelle special is fucking excellent. Just maybe the first one. 
Yeah, I didn't watch second the second one, right. so I couldn't recommend it or not. Well, we will. So there you and go. That, that was the show. So this is where it ends. Flippity goobity doobity up. Thanks for coming. <laughs> All over our faces. <laughs> Thanks for listening to episode three of Talk Good. Talk Good is a notanothercritic.com podcast. You can find the podcast every Thursday at notanothercritic.com, where we also write about video games, music, movies, and really about whatever the hell we want because it's our own goddamn website, and you're not my real dad. You can also find the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and just about anywhere else you get your podcasts. I want to thank you guys for listening. On behalf of myself and the guys, we really appreciate it, and we'd love to hear more from you. Email us at contact at notanothercritic.com. We're also on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash notanothercritic, and Twitter at notanothercritic. That's N-O-T-A-N-O-T-H-R critic. Yes, I know, the terrible Twitter handle, but there's a better one. It's at talkgoodcast. Like, share, and subscribe. We know there are a million other things to subscribe to these days, but if you enjoy what us dumb idiots are doing, Leave us a comment and let us know. I'm Corey Faust on Twitter as at Faust. Brandon Carroll is at Hello Mr. Door, and Red Martin is at Red the Shred. Red's band, Kingdom of Giants, is going on tour soon, so go check those guys out. They have some new music that just recently dropped, and if you're into metal, you should really give them a listen. Like, seriously. I'm not that into metal, honestly, but they make some seriously good shit. And it's honestly kind of amazing that we got a genuinely talented musician to participate in this garbage fire, quite frankly. Anyways, Thanks again for listening, and talk good.